Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. It reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, Tonight, I want us to look at the subject of transforming our minds uh, because the heart wants to believe God. The heart uh, wants to trust God. The heart was recreated and we don't fully understand that miracle that happened when someone who is dead in sin becomes alive unto God, uh, becomes a brand new, as the scripture is, a new creature in Christ. How does that happen? By the divine power of God, by resurrection power that took us and and translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And we are on this, as we're on this earth, that should be our forever assignment is to understand who we are now in Christ. Life goes easier for the one who knows who they are. Life is difficult for the one who doesn't know who they are. Um, And so with transforming, so you have Christ on the inside. Your heart wants to believe the word. Your heart wants I mean, it, it, it is, as I've said, your heart wants to believe in faith, right? Your heart wants to act in faith and to live by faith. But the biggest hangup is the mind of man, the mind that we have that touches the natural realm. Um, transforming your mind is the key Well, transforming your mind is the God-authorized key to unlocking his plan for your life. That's what the scripture is saying. Look, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transforming your mind is the God-authorized key to unlocking his plan for your life. There's no other magic key. There's no other key that you can use to unlock his plan. Transform your mind and you can prove out what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There's no other key. That means if you are not transforming your mind to his word, the the unlocking and the unveiling and the stepping through of the doors and the opportunities that he has is going to be limited. Amen? That is the key that works from the time you get born again until the time you leave this earth. That is the key that will unlock every door. No more asking God. You know, that's why it's unscriptural to say, uh, you know, God opens doors. No, God provides doors. 
but we can unlock those doors as we transform our minds. He doesn't open them. He provides them. Amen. So I don't want to miss any provided doors. I don't want to just get some of the acceptable doors. You know what I mean? Some of the good doors. I want the perfect doors. So we could say this, uh, there's a measurement of even transforming our minds. It's not about, we would often maybe need to ask ourselves even less, am I in the perfect will of God? We could say, have I been perfectly transforming my mind? Or have I just been acceptably transforming my mind? Is it good? You know what? It's been good. The reading's been good. Or has it been perfect? Man isn't perfect. God's word is perfect. So in order for man to fulfill a perfect being's request and design for their life, we've got to have perfect transformation. That is possible. That is possible. Amen. Um, the Holy Ghost said this to me, you can't go with God to the high places until we stop going to the wrong places in our thought life. You can't go, we can't go with God to the high places until we stop going to the wrong places in our thought life. We can't go to the high places in God and with God until we, until we stop going to the wrong places in our thought life. Amen. The wrong place of worry. <sighs> what am I gonna do? How are things gonna work out? Not this again. You know, we were just here. How do I fix this? We have to renew and transform our minds to not even go to that place because God doesn't go to that place. You know, God doesn't go to that place for you. Where are they going to get the money? Where are they going to have the resources? How are they going to do that? God never goes to that place. So if you're going to stay in God's place, you can't go to that place. I can't go to that place. He doesn't go. Don't go where he doesn't go. I want to stay in the high places with God. If I'm going to stay in the high places with God, I cannot go to the wrong places in my mind. Young people, you want to marry right? You can't go to the wrong places in your mind with somebody that doesn't belong to you. Amen? You want the perfect? See, perfection lasts till the end. When something is perfect, it can't go, it can't be changed either way. It's already perfect. It's already been perfected. Don't touch it, right? I've tasted some of y'all's desserts. They're good. They're perfect. Don't touch them, you know? Have you ever had something? You say, don't touch that recipe. It's already been perfected. It's already been taken. Everything's been added to it. Don't take anything away. Don't add anything to it or it won't taste to the perfection that, you know, that, that your senses enjoy. Well, there's a perfect place in God. There's a perfect place in his will. And when you find that place, then you know you're in that place where nothing needs to be added. Nothing needs to be taken away. We are walking in divine fellowship. That place is possible. But if we want to go to that high place, we've got to stop going to the wrong places in our mind. And that is completely doable. God 
does not ask you to do anything he has not already empowered you to do. He has empowered his children to do what his word says. He is not going to ask you to do something. He has not empowered you on the inside to fulfill and to do. So don't ever look at something or, or even the Holy Ghost give you something, an instruction, and you think that you do not have it within you. For whatever reason, you are empowered to fulfill that, to act it, to speak it, to walk it out. You are empowered for that. Amen. Amen. He would be an unjust and unfair God to ask us to do something that we cannot and have not been made and created to do. Trying to hear, you know, because we've we've heard, you know, this over the years and people say, you know, they come and they say, well, I've heard from the Holy Ghost or I have a leading or, you know, God said to me, but you can see good and well on the outside, you know, a transformed mind will be reflected outwardly. Um, You could see that with somebody who's educated, right? Uh, Who's gone to school or uh, somebody who's maybe worked really hard and learned some things in life. You can see by the way they make decisions, what they have. They're, they've got some education. You know, there's something upstairs that maybe I don't have, right? You know, my, um, my husband loved to sit with his grandfather by the hour. They would ride around and they'd sit because uh, Grand had, being a cotton and wheat farmer, had learned so much through operating so many different tools, so many different tractors, road graders, equipment, you know, heavy stuff, all the, everything that he wants and likes. He had so much knowledge because after 70, 80 something years, of operating these things and learning what they do, you could look at him, you could ask one question and it would unfold and unravel, you know, 10 different answers because of the knowledge that he had learned and gained, right, through years of doing it wrong and doing it right. Really, he was transforming his mind to his craft, to his, his, um, his assignment in farming, to his responsibilities. Have we really transformed our mind even to our responsibilities in Christ? We have a responsibility. We are the body. Are you just trying to transform your mind for the finances, for the healing? Transform first for the responsibilities. Your commitment to him, what you, you belong to him, he belongs to you. This is a covenant. Covenant is two way, not one way. You know, God's goodness in your life is a precious uh, message that people need to understand because religion for so long is taught, you know, beat people over the head, you know, discourage people that God is, you know, looking to just strike you down and, and make life difficult for you and, and expects too much of you that they haven't, they didn't teach that the expectation God has. He's equipped you and empowered you to fulfill that and then poured out blessing when you do fulfill it, because it's a covenant. But the message of his goodness is only part of it. What about my goodness to him? My goodness in his direction. And so um, we have to transform. So, you know, he would sit and and some of the very things that, 
you see today that he's built and done came because of the transformed mind of another person, another man and his knowledge pouring into him. What do our lives look like right now? And is it because we've taken in from God's word, the one who sees it all, the beginning and the end, the author and finisher of our faith, what have we taken in of his thoughts and his knowledge? And so you can see it in people's lives. You can see that they probably have not been living You know, the word, their life maybe looks like a mess. And then they come and they say they heard from the Holy Ghost. Well, if you say you heard from the Holy Ghost, I can't argue with that. But I will say this, what the Holy Ghost said to me, trying to hear from your spirit without a transformed mind isn't safe. Because it opens you up. Meaning if you don't have God's thoughts, but you're trying to hear his words, if you haven't taken the words that he's already given and you're trying to hear other words, the devil will make sure you hear something. It's not safe to not have God's words already filling up your thought life and transforming your thought life and then try to get something up from your spirit. The devil's the spirit being too. And he sees and he knows the questions you have, the needs you have, and he wants to get your life off of the perfect, the good and the acceptable will of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, Go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Go to Matthew chapter 11. So notice this. I mean, even as my husband's uh, gaining of knowledge through, you know, his grandfather, through just learning, you know, just the school of hard knocks and you know, his dad leaving at a young age and saying, here, get, have this ready by the time I get back. And he had to learn this for YouTube, folks, this is before YouTube, you know, and learning the hard way and then being blessed with this wonderful tool of, of YouTube. And now the sky's the limit. Um, as long as you have the right tool, I have learned that. Is that true? As long as you have the right tool, you, you can do it. But we can see how things get transformed around him as his mind and as his, you know, thoughts and his mind is taken to a place where he has the capability in his mind to do what he sets out to do, you know, uh, measuring and judging and figuring things out before anything ever gets built and goes in place. What about our lives? Same thing, as we transform ourselves, we can know without even having to hear a voice, without even having to have a word, a prophecy, a word of knowledge, we can measure and judge some things about our life, right? Just by gaining some knowledge of God's word. We can assess where we're at, be it that good, acceptable, and perfect. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 says, Am I even there? There I am. Jesus said, uh, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. One, uh, I looked up one translation said, let me teach you. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. What is the yoke of Christ? The yoke of Christ is a renewed mind, a transformed mind. That's how you take his yoke. It's not something hard. It's not something, have I taken it? Have I not taken it? Because you know when you haven't taken his yoke. 
you're worried, you're fretting, you're confused, you know, you're looking, you're up at night, you're up early in the morning, you struggle to sleep, right? Been there. Christ's yoke, he said, let me teach you. This is how you let go of your yoke and you pick up his yoke. You let him teach you. Is Jesus here teaching us physically in the flesh? No. He sent gifts to our lives, primarily the pastor, to teach us, to help us learn of him. Amen? And then in conjunction with that, we've been given another promise, right? The promise of the Holy Spirit. We won't take time to turn there. He said, I've got to go. How many of you remember that? So that another may come. Who's the other? The Holy Ghost. There was that exchange. He said, I've got to go so that the other one could come because the other one, Jesus could be one place, one time, physically in the flesh. The Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost as a rushing mighty wind went throughout the whole earth and there he was everywhere so that anybody who would call on the name of the Lord, anybody who would read the words of the Lord, the Holy Ghost is right there to minister and to help learn of Christ. So the Holy Ghost is even here to help us in this exchange between his yoke and my yoke. My yoke, the human being's yoke is an unsound mind. They carry it with them everywhere they go and it holds them back from everything that God has. Those who think like God get what God has. It doesn't come automatically. Well, why doesn't it come automatically? I'm born again because we are still living in a natural world. The devil still has a right to be here. But just as much as he has a right to be here as a child of God, I have a right, as the scripture says, that everything else that heaven and self enjoys, everything that heaven and self enjoys, I have a right to. Everything that God has provided in my redemption, uh, that is prosperity, divine healing, and uh, unity with him, oneness with him. I'm, I have a right to those things. To walk with him every day, to receive from him every day, I have a right to that. So really, it's who is going to assert their rights in your life more. It's a fight for your rights. That's the daily assignment of the believer. It's a fight for your rights. He's wanting to have his right on this earth and make your life look as if you're not part of something bigger, you know, and that you don't have a God, that all things are not possible with God. He wants you to believe that. That God, you know, the scripture says, you know, God... um, with God, nothing is impossible, but the devil wants every situation to look as impossible as it possibly can. (laughs) Right? So that you'll doubt, you'll doubt uh, the God of all possibility, the God who has already made a way out of your situation and God who's already made a way into 
your situation, what you need to be into, amen? So a transformed mind uh, helps us uh, in being taught of him. We need to be taught of him. That doesn't come, again, through sleeping on the scripture. That doesn't come even just through, uh, a lot of people are, are hearing the word, but not learning of the word. We've got to be students of the word, learning of it, amen? Um. And know this, the Holy Spirit is our teacher in the word, but he's not making up anything new, okay? So if you think you're gonna hear from God and get something new apart from the word, you've really opened yourself up. There's so much revelation on these pages alone that the Holy Ghost can show you and reveal to you because it's alive. The word of God is alive. It's never dead. It's never done. It's never finished. There's always more in the scripture. Amen. And so he's not, if you say, I'm going to hear from God and get alone and you've not taken time to transform your mind or renew your mind, you're going to be looking for another answer and you're going to hear another answer. You're going to hear something that's outside the scripture. Um, he leads us in line. We saw as he leads us in God's plan, the Holy Ghost, to the level we've been transformed through the word. There's different levels. We saw it good, acceptable, and perfect. So there are levels of the transformed mind. Go with me uh, to Mark chapter seven, and I want us to see something here. The Holy Ghost said this to me this afternoon. We should not struggle to touch what the world can't keep their hands off of. We, as believers, should not struggle to touch what the world can't keep their hands off of. There are things the world will never keep their hands off of. Am I right? I mean, there's things we can't expect. If somebody is not born again, I don't hold them to the standard that I'm held to. I have compassion, you know, uh, understanding that they don't even have the ability to take a yoke that's light and easy. Every unbeliever carries a, a burden and a yoke that is heavy and laborious, you know, laborsome. And, and they're tiring out as time goes on. This is why our assignment is so important as believers to live transformed lives so we can show them. If we look as discouraged and, and worried and frustrated and we're touching what they touch every day, we have no help. We have nothing to offer. The Holy Ghost said we should not struggle to touch what the world can't keep their hands off. It shouldn't even be a struggle for us to touch what they have their hands all over. Uncleanness, worried thoughts, you know, strife, hatred, being unlovely, rude. We shouldn't struggle with these things. It should not even be a difficulty for us to even want to touch them. You know what I mean? Look at this scripture. Mark 7, verse 20. 
The Amplified reads, and he said, Jesus said, what comes out of a man is what makes a man unclean and renders him unhallowed from within. That is out of the hearts of men come base and wicked thoughts. Look at this. Out of men come base and wicked thoughts. I love something that Bishop David Oyedipo said. He said, every evil act begins with an evil thought. If you won't stop the thought, you cannot stop the act. He's saying, and he actually, he said it this way. Every evil act begins with an evil thought, not the devil. Because Jesus said it comes out of man. The thoughts come out of man. These evil thoughts come out of man. And I'm not saying that in condemnation. I'm not saying that for you to beat yourself up over. Oh my gosh, you know. Or for us to take and be others over. You know, that's not something we hold other people accountable to. It's us. It doesn't say uh, present your neighbor as a, you know, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, not your spouse, not anybody else transforming their mind while you preach to them the word of God and beat them over the head with it. That's not how that goes. We're talking about us. Evil comes from the inside of man. These things come from the inside. So he said, every evil act begins with an evil thought, not the devil. If you won't stop that thought, you cannot stop the act. If you won't stop critical thoughts of your spouse, you cannot stop the act of being disrespectful and dishonorable to them. If you won't stop the, uh, the thought of worrying about money and worrying about the needs you have, then you won't be able to stop the acts that will come with it, which is withholding, you know, which is lack of sleep, which is wearing yourself out because you just want to work more hours and do it by the, 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 the natural. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but if you can stop it at the thought, then the actions never show up. They never manifest. But Jesus said here, it comes from within. What comes out of man is what makes him unclean and renders him unhallowed. It's not, he's saying it's not what comes from without. It's not what the devil makes them do. It comes from within them. For from within, that is out of the hearts of men, come based in wicked thoughts. But we have the ability, remember, we are empowered to do something with our thoughts, right? Um, Receiving with your heart and agreeing in our heart is easy because you are a believer. The heart... The scripture says we are believers. So what does a believer want to do? A believer wants to believe. If you're struggling to believe, it's never in your heart. Wanting, not wanting to reach out. It's in your mind. Something in your thought life is holding you back from allowing the heart, the belief that's in your heart to flow out. So we transform our minds. So there's a clear path from our heart out into our situation. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. The scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith is released, released through word and action. 
So how does faith and why do people uh, will go you know, to the grave or they'll go through all kinds of hardships, sitting in service after service after service, hearing the word, faith is coming into their hearts. As the word is preached, faith always comes to the heart of the believer. But why does their life not look like it? There's not a clear path from the heart out through the mind because the mind is what dictates the actions and the words. Your mind decides what you do and say. Your mind. I know that's hard to process when we've been taught, you know, we're a spirit being, we have a heart, you know, that's been made new. No, your mind has something to do with this or else he wouldn't have said transform it. You know, there's a clog in the pipe. There's the best way I know how to explain it. There's a clog in the pipe. And the word is the brush that goes in and gets that clog, the Drano, whatever you use. You know, the snake, whatever. Whatever you want. It goes in and it clears out what is clogging. What is hindering you from your words and actions being that of faith? What is it? Amen. And really, you know, this because of what the scripture says, we can actually have perfect actions and words of faith. If we're willing to transform our minds to the degree that God has empowered us to transform them, we can have perfect words and action perfectly aligned and in line with God's word. We can do that. Amen. The mind is in continual fellowship with the five senses. I love something my husband said when we were on the road. He said, um, the five senses don't know faith. The five senses don't know faith. So don't look for it there. Don't look for even, don't even look for your five senses to want to act in faith on their own. Right? The five senses do not know faith. The spirit knows faith. And I would hope that as we grow, the mind knows faith. Your mind can know faith. Your mind can be so disciplined that it doesn't know another worried thought to be welcome in there. Amen? Amen? We can get to that place. You make your senses. It's our job to make our senses hear what the word of God says right? It's your job to make your eyes see what the word of God says, to make your hands uh, worship and touch the things that God has assigned you to do. It's our job. We control our senses. Senses don't know faith. Faith flows out of us and is released as we get our senses to obey the word of God. Amen. So believing must pass through our thought life. So don't always criticize even yourself and go, I'm struggling to believe. I'm struggling to, the, to believe. It may not be struggling believing in your heart. It may be that there's something in your thought life that is holding you back from agreeing and allowing the faith that's on the inside to flow out unhindered freely through that pipeline of faith to come out and to be released into the situation. And this is what I had to start asking myself. Okay, I believe. The believing is not the issue. I know all things are possible with God. You know, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible to him that believes. I know that. Then why is it looking like things are impossible? (laughs) 
And I would go back to the scripture, go back to the word. And he would show me yet again, the Holy Ghost would reveal yet again from the living word, you know, something that I had not seen before, a new thought that God has for my life. Because if we want to come up to the higher place in God, we have to stop going to the wrong places in our thought life. Amen. I wanted to go. I want to go. Me personally, I want to go to the higher places in God. And therefore, my number one assignment is to learn to not go to the wrong places in my thought life. To think like him. If I think like him, then he has free access to my life. And I want his hand to be in everything that I do. His hand is a hand of provision, abundance, wealth, health, you know, peace. Everything that my heart could desire is in his hand. Amen. But I have to agree with him. I have to think like him in order to receive that into my life so that nothing is hindered. Nothing is stopped. Amen. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll close with that. Will you help this evening? His word. Oh my goodness. It's so rich. Can we commit to greater time in the word? Greater time. Greater time. Even if you got one new thought from God a day. Can I say this too? That just because you read a scripture yesterday doesn't mean there's not a new thought with it today. You can stay on one scripture and get a new thought from God revealed to you out of that scripture every day. So it's not about getting more and more scriptures. It's about receiving God's thought about thoughts about what he's already said in his scriptures. This is where the help of the Holy Ghost comes in to help us to receive all of God's thoughts from all of God's word. I don't need new word from him, but I can get new thoughts from him. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand with me to your feet. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want God's thoughts. And you're dismissed. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.